may have been gone for a week, but here we are, back again. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And uh, this week we are discussing the brand new album by the Foo Fighters, But Here We Are. Um, Kind of an unexpected release this year, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, this was not a band I was predicting to release an album this year, and I think many were in that same boat as May, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, because they went silent and, and no fault to themselves or, or anything in that situation. You get down and get with family and, and they, they went right off the grid and nobody was sure what was going to come of that. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of talk that this band might just be over because, well, for those who don't know, last year, um, Taylor Hawkins, the band's drummer for 25 years almost, uh, about um died uh suddenly of a drug overdose or possibly an enlarged heart there were a couple of different things said so a huge loss and the second most well-known member of the band after leader dave grohl so it was very unsure um what was going to happen after that i'll tell you why i 100 thought they would never get back they would never move on as the foo fighters and that is because, in my opinion, Dave Grohl found the only person on the planet at this point when they came together, and maybe still other than that awesome little girl on TikTok and whatnot that plays Grohl to a T. But anyway, uh, he found the only person that could play as well, if not better, as him. He found a drummer that was as profound as himself and had stylings that were so very close to Grohl. Again, in my opinion, but, I mean, they were a kindred spirit as far as that drumming style and that level of drumming went. They were two peas in a pod. So that's very tough. And I never thought that they would move forward as Foo Fighters. I, you know, There's no doubt in my mind that Dave Grohl, anyone in, in that whole entire band, would move on as musicians. They're killers. They, they've been for years. They've come from all walks of the musical spectrum but i never thought they'd move on as the foos yeah because um immediately after hawkins passed away they canceled the remaining tour dates for 2022 we were supposed to go to one of those shows and uh yeah. well it yep. didn't happen <laughs> and they only did what that one show that his son played Am I correct yes, with the that? Hawkins tribute concert. They did yeah. do that. But um, this album was announced in April and it was like, oh, there's a new album coming out. And um, it turns out that the drummer on the album is Dave Grohl himself. I'll tell you right now, the first time I listened to it, I did not know that it was Grohl. But I was clawing, couldn't wait. I Hand to the man, could not wait until the end of the first listen so I could jump online and figure out who was drumming. And I was like, they're killing it, dude. It's like, whoever he's got is is on this level, this level that I spoke of earlier, and come to find out it's him. And that, whew, man, that elevated this album in so many different ways. But like, whoo-wee, we'll talk all about that. But yeah, Dave Grohl drumming on this album, man, a fitting beast yes. for this album. Oh. Yes, very, very much so. Um, And, uh, you know, in inspiration, of course, much like, the Ed Sheeran album we discussed, he took inspiration in the loss of his musical brother and friend, Taylor Hawkins, but also, I didn't know this, his mother died last year, Virginia. I did not know that either, but oof. Yeah, it wasn't um, publicly announced, it sounds like, until now. Heard. And um, they were pretty close from what I understood. They were pretty tight, him and his mom. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they were documented. You know, she was one of his biggest fans. At, yeah, uh, I very. Think they even uh, very... had a book together. So I, I wasn't going to speak on it because I didn't know and I didn't think about this till just now. But I'm pretty sure it was him. They started a series. I don't know if it was Netflix or Disney Plus, but where they were doing different artists and their moms, and it was either him and her that started that. For some reason, I was thinking it was another artist, but it might have been them. They they did some kind of project together for sure. Maybe Pharrell. I can't, but yeah, uh, but but that happened. That 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 oh, was real. Dave Grohl you know? and Pharrell. Now that would be a combo. Actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome combo there. Um, but yeah, I, long story short, mind blowing 
footnote inside of doing the, the research on this album was to find out. Now, this was after my second listen through, and I found that out on the wiki, and I was like, oh my gosh. So a lot of the times going through the lyrics, the second listen through I had, you know, easily equated them with Hawkins. And then there were some empty spots where I was like, man, that's a tough, a tough uh, correlation for me. But then find out that he's also writing about the loss of his mother. So it fills in everything. In my opinion, it fills in everything as far as being able to connect where he was lyrically throughout this album. Yes, most certainly. And um, album was just released, but so far, uh, the reviews have been pretty glowing, actually. It has a Metacritic score of 86 right now. And um, that's might be their highest ever. Wow. I think, actually. And um, a lot of people are thinking it's their best in a long time. I also read that it was either Grohl or the band said that each album they did, they tried to make as a response to the prior one. And early on, he had said he was going after this progressive rock type of album which i always thought was weird but you know seeing where it goes here it, it makes total sense yeah but uh, obviously the plans also did change a bit too and um yeah. they even described the sound of the album as sonically challenging that naivete of foo fighters 1995 debut album informed by decades of maturity and death while lyrically exploring a brutally honest and emotionally raw response to everything Foo Fighters have endured recently. Ten songs that run the emotional gamut from rage and sorrow to serenity and acceptance and myriad points in between. Yeah, I, I read that too. And it's crazy because you go back to my first listen notes and there's so, for me, there's, multiple references to their old style and old songs not just because they are who they are but i feel intentional references um and it's neat to see them say or or be heralded and say that it's like a foo fighters that have been informed by the foo fighters you know through these years yeah <laughs> it's it's really cool and and that shines through in this album that's an awesome way to say it yeah but it kind of is a parallel to that debut just in terms of the circumstances because that debut Grohl did after Kurt Cobain died a year after and now he's doing this a year after Taylor Hawkins died so there is a parallel there that is um pretty obvious frankly but it's important to note as obvious as it is in hindsight I'm telling you right now I did not draw the line and I love that thought Dave Grohl, what a wild man. He's one of my favorite. I'll go out before we get into this. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. Just he is up there for me. Just growing up with him, growing up watching him. I won't even say growing up with him because I think he's just a tad bit older than me. But still, regardless, just his sound period was in so many pieces of my life. He's, he's such a uh, he is he is definitely up there for me. He is the man. Yep. And he is still going strong. and um. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this album's. Um, I, I'm sure the first. I feel like a good amount of people are going to be buying it for sure. Yeah. Um, I streaming still... doesn't seem super high, but this isn't really that band. I don't think. Yeah. I agree with you there. I still think it's under the radar. When I tell people there's a new Foo Fighters album out, they're like, "Get out of here!" Like, yeah, yeah jump on it because it's out. A lot of new releases seem to be going under the radar lately. I mean, Dave Matthews just had their first album miss the top spot in a long time with their new release. Yeah. yeah. And that's another one that people don't know it's out there. Yeah. Um, like, who who knew? But yeah. It, it is here. And um, I also am predicting that this album's going to be nominated and will win grammys because the foo fighters are grammy favorites oh this album here yeah most definitely it, it's a i mean they've already won the album for best rock um the award for best rock album five times <laughs> so i mean on top of that they're back in it with greg kirsten who has his share of nominations and wins yep. out there i mean for all Including... over from... The last Foo Fighters album. Well, yeah. Well, he's got a, a few of their uh, nominations under them. And then 
Adele. Adele. Uh, Yeah, 30 was his. Like, get out of here. This guy knows what he's doing. Yes. So um, uh, just uh, come that time of year, we'll definitely be hearing about this. That's for sure. If you're not hearing about it now, you will then. Yeah, that, you know, it's sad to say, but that's when it'll blow up. (laughs) And that's okay. People will get to listen to it. It, it, who knows maybe it has a shot at album of the year it's it's a comeback narrative i think that's really powerful i think people like that i i think it's safe to say here or you know without going too far into uh breaking down the album uh, the band has even gone to say that this is a uh, a new band, a new Foo Fighters in, yeah. in their words. So, yeah, comeback story at the very least, and maybe a new origin story in, in some ways as well. Yeah, there is something coming. So I think this is in many ways a premature evaluation, but that's what we're going to do here anyway, because there's still a lot to dive into with this one. So there is indeed. So, um, with that being said, let's get into it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. There's nothing to be said about the cover. If you've seen the <laughs> cover of the Beatles' White Album, you've seen the cover of this album. So, <laughs> which, which again, you know, we're talking about the rebirth. Uh, I think is fitting. You know, there's nothing to put on here other than a white blank canvas because you know the rebirth of this new Foo Fighters is at hand. So I think it works there. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you are not wrong. But uh, anyway. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The album begins with what was the lead single, Rescued. I did not listen to any of the singles um, beforehand. I don't like to do that for new releases we do. No. Um, Well, except Flowers was inescapable, obviously, but that's um, not relevant to this. So, (laughs) Um, but anyway, so yeah, we've got Rescued. And um, I mean, yeah, the lyrics are pretty clearly about his grief, Like, he's just waiting to be rescued from it because it's so overwhelming, which is definitely a universal feeling, definitely a universal feeling after losing a friend or a relative or any of that. But at the same time, definitely a classic Foo Fighters sound. This sounds like a Foo Fighters song. It's very punchy opener. It's got the big chords. It's loud. Um, I mean, the lyrics are a bit somber, but I think it still works with it, the intensity of it because there is a intensity involved with grief and it supplies itself pretty well to this um, song. I definitely think this is the most radio-friendly song here. And uh, I think that's a good thing and a bad thing um, because, I mean, radio-friendly, that's good. It means it's memorable, it's catchy. I'm sure it would be a great show opener. But I think there are other songs here that just uh, stick out more because they take more chances and as a result are more powerful. But I think this is a solid opener for the album. I 100% agree with you. Solid opener for the album. Charlie said it, I'll say it again, immediately, automatically from the get-go, the Foo Fighters feel is here, their sound is here, their fingerprint is all over it within the first couple of seconds and you know who you're listening to um yeah you know we're right here inside of the realization of death of death to someone that's close to you whether it be hawkins or 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 his ma but just death period for anyone you feel it those somber lyrics you feel it you know in no way have they ever said this is set up to be a concept or anything but i also if you listen before, you you know, or if you're a first time listener, I always like to imagine, put myself in a, in an adventure with the band, with with the lyrics as we go through, and this one really lends itself. So this is the beginning, you know. This is right after finding out someone that you love is dead, and it's powerful. I love the line, "The kings and queens and in betweens." I, I, I love it. I don't know why it just sings to me. But here in the first track of this new Foo Fighters album, at 240, we get that old school grow drum Foo Fighter-esque crescendo. And then we fall off to the guitars and vocals 
and immediately it takes me back to this as a call like all the way back to original Foo Fighters, you know, right into This Is A Call. And I love that about this song. Um, this is a, a really, really great way to open this album. Most definitely. And um, we're going to just keep it going now with our second track, which is Under You, which a kind of a twist on being over you. But I'm not going to lie. When I hear this, I think of Ross asking Rachel, when were you under me? <laughs> but... <laughs> That has nothing to do with this song, obviously. So, um, yeah, this song, uh, it's pretty clearly about um, Taylor Hawkins. And, uh, uh, like, he feels like, when will I get out from under you? And um, in some ways, I think this might be about Grohl feeling under... what. So an interpretation I read of this online said they wondered if it was of him coming out from under the shadow of Taylor's drumming. And um, I'm not sure I agree with that because it's always been Dave Grohl's band, make no mistake. But hearing that, it made me wonder, is that possibly a callback to um, his former bandmate, Mr. Cobain? How so? Because Cobain was the face of Nirvana and uh, did Grohl, Grohl may have very well felt under him and here he is playing the drums again for this band which he hasn't done on a full album in a long time wow i love that thought that's a that's a really cool that's a really cool interpretation there that's that's what i'm thinking because i don't think that loss it may have been almost 30 years ago but i think losing another bandmate probably i would think it could have definitely brought up some feelings of uh the prior loss as well Oh man, I, I'm blown away by that. I, I mean, two of the lines that I have here in my notes, pictures of us sharing songs and cigarettes and thinking I'm getting over it, but there's no getting over it, just strengthens that that thought, strengthens that interpretation. That's wow. Kudos, Charlie. That's that's really, <laughs> that's I love that, man. I really love that. Yeah. So, but um, as for the song itself, it's not quite as aggressive as the opener. It's been described as a um, melodic punk, which I think makes sense. I think it has a bit of the punk sound in the drums, but it's still too streamlined to be punk because this is the Foo Fighters. It's not, not really punk, but um, I can see where they're coming from with that one. Um, I like this one. I think it's a good song that kind of explores another facet of grief and i like that we're doing that here so yeah I, i'm right i'm right with you on the next facet of grief if not just to aid my narrative throughout this this whole grieving process which is is what this album is in in my interpretation um yeah. it just this is a look to getting out of the sadness of losing a friend but I, with that '90s intro, I'm I'm right with you. With that with that '90s melodic sound, I in my uh, notes I had that it was very uh, Weezer Blue Album esque uh, early on with that Foo Fighters overlay on it, and and I dug that. This is a really cool number too, and it sets a great tone for the way this this album is going. Yes, and um, because we are going to explore another facet of grief with track number three, which is hearing voices which is about wanting to hear a loved one's voice again i'm hearing voices but none of them are you again real real stuff there that's uh um i i will say relatable uh, a bit redundant lyrically i do think that's kind of the point but that kind of does make me not enjoy it quite as bit as the previous two songs but there is one line in here that really stuck out to me a lot and it was no one lies like you. And uh, that made me think if Grohl maybe had some anger towards his bandmate because um, there, there's been quite a bit of controversy over Taylor Hawkins' cause of death. It was reported there were a lot of drugs in this system and many of the people in Hawkins' inner circle were saying, no, he was not using hard drugs. Maybe is Grohl angry because he didn't know possibly? Like was Taylor just covering it up too well? Um, but again, who knows? Um, I do think it's kind of one thing that kind of just hints deeper at it's not just missing the person. There is a bit more to it. And I like that. And I kind of wish that was actually explored a bit more here on the album in general, because I do think there are some other feelings there. But we don't know for sure, of course, because it's not 
being presented, but just something I'm speculating on. Yeah, no, and and I like that. I like that deep thought into this because if you look at that, it it really does lend itself to these other voices being these rumor-filled voices um, that he's having to deal with through this this time of death, this time of loss. Um, so that that makes sense there, and I think that strengthens it. And I agree with you. I this one this one was definitely a grower period for me. Uh, I do enjoy this track, but this one definitely was one that left me wanting as far as the search lyrically. I'm totally with you there. I'm glad you said that. But onto a musical sense in this, this is really the progressive rock or the start of that progressive rock sound that I think he was talking about for me, especially in the chorus. An another thing I love musically about this track, and, and this is why I say it's a grower, the more I listen to it, the more I really love that the changes between the movements in this composition they happen seamlessly but they happen without warning musically usually musically we get a little warning of these changes uh, whether it be to the bridge to the refrain but musically this just shifts and it shifts like i said seamlessly and perfectly but it shifts so fast it aids that thought of these different voices you know going throughout but it really, it grows on me. And, and that's why it's one of the main reasons I enjoy this song. Yeah, I, I agree that it was a grower. I found more to like over time with it. That is for sure. And um, with that being said, let's just keep it going. Track number four, which is the title track. But here we are, which is um just again, kind of illustrating where they are in the grieving process. It's like, well, but here we are. Didn't plan on it, but here we are. Um, this one, uh, I don't think it really says anything new about the grief at this point. Like, it's another facet, but I don't think it, um, adds as much to the, as, um, the previous songs did. And I just find it kind of redundant, and I think Grohl's, um, shouting too much in the song for my taste. I know he's never, he's not the most technically gifted singer. I know this isn't what I was expecting, but here it's just a bit too much with the, um, yeah, bit too much of the screaming for me. Heard that. I, I think the screaming here is a cathartic scream inside of a, like, really intense first part of this dealing with the loss of a loved one slash friend. But that being said, I love this song, man. It drives from the first note. The bridge in this song is so sick. I think a lot of this love, or a lot of the love for this album period is Grohl drumming on this one. It's just, it, it blows my mind. So when he drums at 321, for me, these are some of the angriest, and I will say, hopefully, and they sound cathartic and just soul emptying, just leave it all on those drums that I've heard him play in a minute. And the thing that I love about that and that you didn't enjoy so much, but they culminate with this scream, man. He does it a couple of times throughout and it really, it gets me. Uh, he goes at it again later on at that four minute and 20 second mark. I, I really love this song. I have loved this song in all caps, just a stream of exclamation points, but I this one gets me, man. I really jam with this song. All righty. Well, <laughs> hey, different strokes for different folks. I don't hate it, but I don't oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> it, it. It's again, and this comes after listening, 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 but like those screams before what we see on the next track is another reason why I love it because it's a very sharp contrast, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. It actually does lead us well into our next track, which is um, The Glass, which is more mellow. And I think it's good to have a more mellow song after four heavy rockers in a row, but still does rock. I would say this is kind of a power ballad. Heard. Not like in the learn to fly sense, but still yeah. a power ballad. Um, and yeah, it's a metaphor for seeing right through something. I feel like you could have also called the song The Mirror. Because uh, the title's never said during the song, but I don't think that makes it any less um, effective. I think again, I think this is a very real uh, metaphor because sometimes when you are grieving, people can just see that on you. Yeah, and uh, they see right through you, and you can try to hide it, but you you're not hiding it from you're not fooling anybody. And I think this song really illustrates that very well. 
And um, I think it still rocks. Like, it still keeps it going very nicely. And um, yeah, I really just don't have much more to say other than I really enjoyed this song. This is my favorite from the first half of the album. I yeah. just really thought it was a well-done power ballad. It, it It is. I mean, we slow it down, and then here we go. Now, this is a Hawkins one. And I say this without a doubt I because agree. he use, you know, he uses the he and him inside of this. But I love this thought of being on one side of a window and watching the storm pass on the other side. So in this song, for me, Hawkins is that storm and he's watching. And not only can he see, and I love that he does this, the lyrics says that he can see the reflection of him in watching this storm. Um, But I think, and this is where I got into the drug related, they had that throughout their relationship uh as as band members as friends where you always want to see one of your best friends family members not having to suffer through that addiction and and that for me was equated here with this the symbolism of the storm and i love that uh you know waiting on the side of the glass helpless because you know you're on the other side just watching the storm hoping it'll pass uh but seeing your reflection in it it's just it's a somber somber end to the song too you're right it has that ballad-esque quality and it really just ends on this wild somber piece this is a great song (laughs) this is a really really great song i can't say enough uh it's a powerful piece just just even thinking back on it while i talk about it 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 evokes emotion it was a really well done song Uh, agreed just it's one definitely stream it for sure. Check yeah. that one out. <laughs> Another cool part about this song for me, and maybe it's hot tea, but Foo Fighters in 95 couldn't have done this. And it's something we speak to when we're saying that these are the Foo Fighters that are are learned by this 10 years of being out there and doing it. This is a perfect example. This is not, in my opinion, something that they could have done in 95. Yeah. Well, I would hope they're not repeating themselves now. So um, uh, so with that being said, we're going to move on to, I guess, side two of the album, which um, is for what it would be on vinyl. Uh-huh. And it is on vinyl, so I can say that. It starts with um, a song called Nothing At All, which is a, another song about grief and just having to go on afterwards. Uh, yeah, this is my least favorite on the album. Uh, this is the gun to the head. I just don't think it really says anything that we haven't already heard um, at this point. And uh, just again, a little too screamy for me. I agree they're cathartic screams, but it's just uh, doesn't pack as much of a punch for me as uh, some other stuff here, I guess we could say. Especially, well, spoiler alert, especially considering what follows this one. I think that's what hurts it a bit for me because we're not done yet, folks. So this one was wild at first listen, to say the least. Immediately because of this offbeat strum that happens that is super not characteristic of them or their sound at all. Um, it's, It's, again, I go back to this progressive rock sort of sound, but it's definitely... It caught me just because it was so off from their sound. I'm on the other side as far as it being gun to head worst. I enjoy this song. I love, I love I'm a sucker for a good old uh, roll drum crescendo. And at one minute, he hits something. I have three different songs here that it evokes for me, like a little bit of lounge act. It reminds me of the, the, the carry refrain from Bullet with Butterfly Wings. And it also harkens back to the Foo Fighters times like these for me. Like it really hits hard, pure emotion drumming and really embodying the lyric of everything or nothing at all. Um, And then he it's almost like another scream after the sadness of the glass. And then we go back to this more reserved progressive sound with this offbeat strum. It's 100 percent not a Foo Fighters sound. Um, maybe it's a new Foo Fighters sound. I, I wouldn't say I hate it though. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I hate it. It's well, just you know, yeah. Not it is my least favorite here, but admittedly, I will say you are more familiar with this band than I am. Um, this is actually the first album I've ever heard of theirs, front to back. 
Dig it. I, I know the hits. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm hey. familiar with the hits, and that's... I enjoy those hits. I enjoyed them enough to buy a ticket to their concert. Heard. Uh, I figured, you know, it would be a great show, but um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know all the Easter eggs like that. So maybe if I did, I would appreciate more. So in fairness, I think you bring a valid point to that. But uh, if this isn't your least favorite, I'm a little concerned that <laughs> one of these next songs is your least favorite. Aha, aha, you never know. <laughs> oh, oh boy, I'm okay. Well, anyway, now I'm worried, but anyway, <laughs> in the meantime, we're at track number seven. Show me how. Um, this one probably is more so about his mother. Uh, and the reason for that is because um the first time I heard this song, I just wondered who is the woman singing with him? Turns out it's his daughter Violet, and it's like, okay, hold up, what? <laughs> I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I was waiting to ask you and hoping you had an answer. It's his daughter. Wow, she has a beautiful voice. She does. She can sing. I, I want to know, who is this woman singing? She's good. Yeah. And their voices blend really well together, which is um impressive. I can't think, I don't think David, Dave Grohl has the easiest to blend with voice because it's so... No. Uh, Goddard, but uh, it's done here. Um, And uh, this is one, it's a very new sound. It has this real dreamy feel to it, which is not what you, I would expect from the Foo Fighters. This is like that dreamy sound that's kind of like what we heard from Lana Del Rey, not the Foo Fighters. And it's here and it's really well done. And I think that the... um. The addition of his daughter just gives it so much more gravitas because... He's just really wondering who's going to show me how to do it. And that also makes it seem like it's about his mother because the Hawkins relationship was a brother, but your mother is the one who's going to show you how. And it was also a loss for Violet too. Being that's her grandmother. She showed her a lot too, I'm sure. And um, then it ends with just Violet singing it too. And just what a powerful song. Definitely one of the best here. Gravitas is an understatement. Holy shit, it's his daughter on this. That is so insane, man. It adds level upon level upon level upon layer upon layer. That is wild. I Here's my original notes for this song. Love the melody of the song. Love the way the song is built. Love the duet. Love the writing inside of the lyrics. This is the segue of emotions on this album that was my that was my first listen through like this one is a very dreamy is a great way to put it this one is a very uh sometimes i talk about the listener being able to take a breath musically this is one of the most beautiful music breaths um that we've encountered in a long time this is a hundred percent for me his mother yeah, just beautiful beautiful lyrics inside such a great song you said it too he doesn't have a very approachable duet voice and not knowing that actually it doesn't really matter if that it's his daughter or not listening to this over and over again he in my opinion takes it very seriously his singing on this his low baritones are trained baritone notes and it's wild to hear him sing like that and it was one of the first thoughts i had like wow he's really like in it a hundred percent something i don't think i've ever seen with him as far as singing goes and it was unique as well this song is is a bright shining light if this is the new sound or a piece of the new sound or it is the a piece of the new sound but i love it man i love this song yes and also violet roll if you're listening i i think you should do some lana del rey ask music Heard that. You'd be great at it. If you don't write songs, at least do some covers, girl. I Well, I hope she's on tour regardless with them. You know, I'd uh, like to think that they take their family, but this is the time for you to tour with your dad. Get yeah. out there and have a blast and do this every single night you guys play an arena. Well, <laughs> uh, she As of now, this has not been on any of their set lists so far. Really? Oh, so maybe she's not. And maybe that's an active choice, too. And I respect or, it. Maybe but, maybe they will do more songs from this album in the future, though. Yeah, um, now that it's out. But hopefully. One can hope. One yeah. can hope. 
And um, we're going to kind of keep going with that low baritone vibe with our next song, Beyond Me. And this song, it just, it begins with this keyboard loop, which is actually quite beautifully done, I think. And um, this just explains Dave feels how it's just beyond him that Taylor is gone. Like, how can someone go so young? Because Hawkins was only 50. It was a big shock to hear that he died. It was like, what? No way. On tour, no, it was very, like, it is hard to comprehend. It doesn't make sense. And he just really is to the point and shows it here. And I really like that. And again, he's not the most technically gifted singer. But I think that the raw emotion in his vocal here, you just hear it all there. And that just makes it work. The vocal actually does make the song for me. But the production works too. All uh, this is another winner for me. Yeah, this for me is him being able to let go in this grieving process, or at least find an acceptance inside of this forever young and free thought that he has by the end of this song for Hawkins, and I love it. And you, you are hundred percent on the nose. Um, you can feel it throughout this whole piece. Um, there's as sad as it might be, or somber is a word we've been using a lot throughout this podcast tonight and throughout this album. But for me, there's a happiness that's inside of this composition. And I love it. I love the way that that feels, you know? And then at that three minute mark, we get a breakthrough and a loud guitar and a loud feeling. And for me, that's that acceptance. That's that goodbye forever young and free and I, I love that this is a this is a, a very powerful track very powerful very powerful second half of this album not that the first wasn't but this this second half is is very freeing in a sense for me as well oh I know what you mean and the the thing is uh, we're kind of just getting started with the second half because oh we, we've got the whopper of them now track number nine the second the last song here the teacher Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This song is 10 minutes long, um, and uh, it does sound like this was about his mother. I did some research. She was a teacher, so that's where we get the title, because you don't hear it in the song, but it she is the teacher in this case. Um, and, um, oh boy, a lot to unpack with this one. This isn't one straight 10-minute jam. No, this is a multi-part song and um it's a i'm just gonna say now it's brilliant this is basically the stages of grief in a 10 minute song that's what this is i mean this album is very much that too but no they did this all in one song like he is going through all of the emotions here he's wondering what am i going to do now who's at the door now what is what am where will i wake up and just uh, i'm i'm going to say so my favorite part of the song comes at 524 um it's a transition where he says you showed me how to breathe never showed me how to say goodbye it is so heart-wrenching and powerful and it's making me teary-eyed right now because you're just like Oh my goodness, you you just hit the nail on the head. It was um just so real. And then he says, like, try and make good of the air that's left. And it's just, he's really telling us to keep going and live our life as best as we can. And then it just ends with this cathartic goodbye screaming outro that shows that he's accepted it. It's just such a brilliant song. A hundred percent brilliant. Uh, this is such a wild, long piece that is not wasted. But the first, on well, my first listen was very, this is one of the holes that I didn't understand. And now 
by the well by the second listen that i knew that he had lost his mother as well inside of this this is akin to beyond me for for me this is this goodbye to his mother and the teach me you know how to breathe you didn't teach me how to grieve the the like you were saying there's so many beautiful powerful lyrics throughout this um this is a true goodbye to his mom and going into it musically and really it's a beautiful piece all the way but the end of this when he is speaking and then screaming the words goodbye, we are shown this wild distortion that slowly takes over this goodbye and just rips the music apart until this song is over with this just cackling distortion over top of this goodbye. And for me, that that speaks to it being so powerful of a goodbye that that distortion for me and it comes up again in the next track and and uh, uh, hopefully and tie this together but uh it, it really speaks to tears for me like uncontrollable tears that you can still play music through and still talk through but they're gonna overtake the whole entire thing and so that distortion for me at the end is the is these real tears such such a wild beautiful 10 minute you know it has the most if I'm not mistaken, well, on Spotify, it has the biggest numbers on the whole album. And it's wild. And, and that speaks to its genius, in my opinion, because it's a 10 minute song. And you don't usually see those those larger numbers on albums like this for, for a 10 minute song. But whoo-wee, I guarantee you people will be using this song for years and years and years to come as a, this album. But uh, this song as as a grieving song as a uh as a goodbye song it's it's a masterpiece it really is yeah most definitely most definitely but after that the song ends very abruptly and yeah. i kind of think oh the album's over because what, what's the point of going after that Third. but it's not over we have one more song which is rest and uh, it it starts off with a whisper as Dave is saying, you can rest now. Like after he said goodbye to his mom and Taylor, he's saying, you can rest now. And uh, it blasts off halfway through into a whole song, but we have the aggressive background against that same chorus. Lots of distortion against it, but it's still really powerful closer and i think it just shows like i've accepted this i know that you were in pain i know you were struggling but you are at peace now you can rest now and yeah. that is a beautiful message and a perfect message to end this coping album this grieving album this walk through this total grieving process when we say distortion i just want to for anyone who hasn't heard it yet and is going to listen, it is like a radio white noise distortion that is almost hard to hear through. But it's intentional over top of the song. And that's why that's why I use the example of tears, or I really think that it's akin to this overwhelming release of sadness. Um, it's impossible to hold back and it's gonna cover anything you try to say, but you're still gonna go through it. And and I like that it, it makes its way back into this it's it's a beautiful piece too it's a really beautiful composition throughout the song um he even gets to do some heavy or they even get to do some heavy inside of it it is a uh it is i, I hate to use the word perfect but it is really really an awesome ending a perfect ending to this album but yes. almost a perfect ending to just the way albums are set up. It's good, man. That's how good the pacing on this album is that I didn't even say word about it because you can turn it on and it flows. It flows straight through. It There's not really a place in here where it loses my interest. And this caps it off at the end. Most definitely. Now the album is at rest now. Um, what, yeah. what a journey we went on with this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A lot of psychiatrist albums this uh lately <laughs> on this show. This is another one of them. Um, it is. Oh boy. Uh, well, the first question I have is, what is your um favorite song on the album? I'm curious. It's it's this is one of the hardest ones. I know I say it all the time. Um, I'm gonna go with. Man, it's so hard. 
but here we are. I wrote a bunch down because I couldn't make a, a, a distinction, but but here we are is one of my favorites. I love that jam, and it it, it gets me. There's so many beautiful ones. Uh, I mean, uh, beyond me, the glass, they're all there. But but here we are. I think the the title track for me is is my favorite on this one. I uh gotta go with um, rest. Nice. Just what a perfect closer for it me. Really uh, that that's it. But the teacher is a very close second. Yeah, that that's on its own level. I don't even think about that as favorite song. I mean, on this, yeah, you know? fair. Just for me. I know what you mean. That's that's why I went with rest partially. But all right, it's grading time. What grading. what do uh, we are the teachers now? What grade <laughs> does this get? <laughs> this one, Foo Fighters are back, folks, out of nowhere out of nowhere and out of as we've talked about and as we see through this whole entire album out of a grieving process loss of loved ones on on all different levels um but speaking of levels we see so many and this is a new level for the Foo Fighters I haven't said it yet but I'll say it now when I heard this album was coming out I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's a good idea. How are you going to move forward? And they sure as hell found a way to do it and not only do it, but do it at the top of their game, uh, at the top of their game so far. There is not, I said it before, there's not a place in here where I lost any stream of of listening throughout. Uh, it is just a moving well composed well produced well paced front to back album for me and for that i'm going to give it an a i have a feeling you would um i am actually going to be a bit uh bit harsher on it i'm going to give it a b and my reason for it is it's not because these songs are not powerful it's just that i do think that the songs that take risks with the sound, like the quieter ones, like The Glass, The Teacher, Rest, even uh, Show Me How Beyond Me, like that half of songs to me is on a different level than the other more traditional sounding Foo Fighters songs. It's not that they aren't powerful songs, and I wouldn't say they all sound the same, but they don't push the boundaries of this band as I know them in the same way those others do. And because I feel like it is kind of an even split in that way. And I just think some, it, it, it's a big distance for me. That's why it's a big. I hear that. I, I, I totally respect it. And I totally love your opinion. And I have to say, I also hope we hear more of that sound from them. I, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want them to distance themselves from their original sound, but I really loved some of that. Uh, sound yeah. like you said and I, I hope I hope that's the sound that gets picked up and played I hope some of those songs are the Grammy songs we hear you know yeah I I the teachers gotta be nominated for something though come on it's long it's long I don't know I don't know the, I think that's a tough a tough sell to the uh, uh no, it it is a no? Taylor Taylor got a 10 minute song nominated there you go there you go that gives that gives me hope so I think this is definitely very, very much going to be a contender. No doubt in my mind. And it is a, technically a single, actually. It was put out a bit before the album. I love it. I'd like so, to see it. Yeah, we, we shall see what happens come Grammy season. But I think the Foo Fighters are going to be doing um quite well, actually. I really do. Like, I was honestly thinking, like, we're going to be seeing a lot of Taylor. I was expecting Midnight's to do very well. And I'm sure it still will. But I think that uh, these boys, I think they're, they're going to be up for some big four nominations, not just the rock categories this time. Because this is a perfect narrative and it is a strong album. Do we still have a chance to see them this summer? I don't. Do we? I don't know. I don't They're not nearby. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, heard that. I've seen. I've seen them a bunch. I, I'd love to see them again after this. Well, uh, we have now learned that the Foo Fighters are not done, and uh, Dave Grohl's not ever going anywhere. He is not only is he a musician, he's also let's be. He's a businessman. Ooh. Hot tea take. Dave Grohl is the Paul McCartney of the 90s grunge generation. 
<laughs> I, I see what you're saying there because he yeah. is not like he's not Kurt Cobain. He's not like I'm too good for this at all. Like, no, he likes being a rock star. And uh, I mean, even that controversial Rolling Stone article, which some people, a couple of the interviewees uh, said was taken out of context, but it did point out the Foos have consistently had a heavy concert schedule. They were one of the first bands to come back after the pandemic shutdowns when we began easing into it. He is not going to stop. Shit, he broke his leg on stage and they toured after that and he had like a throne he was playing from. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, he don't mess around. Yeah. They don't stop. They no. don't stop. He, like, breaks are not something that Grohl does, clearly. That's yeah. just not... It's not in him. For better or for worse, that's not in him, I don't think. We'll see him for years. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's one, he'll he'll play till he drops. Dave Grohl. Oh, but yeah, that, that is the first of this um, new month. And because it is Corey's birth month, we get all of Corey's picks this month. No Woo-hoo! unified theme, just some of your whatever you want us to do. Yeah, some wild ones from the crazy back catalog that is my listening adventure. So uh, what what are we doing next week? All right, so Foo Fighters got me in the 90s vibe, the 90s thought process. And one that I've always wanted to do here with you and explore is the group The Smashing Pumpkins. So next week, we are going to take a trip through, a breakdown, and do our thing with their album Siamese Dream. Okay. Yeah, this one, uh, I definitely know something off of it. I've definitely heard stuff off of it, but uh, haven't heard it all the way through. So um, this will be a newer, newer-ish one for me. Not going in completely blind, but this will be, this will be good. My favorites, my favorites, the ones you haven't heard. I'll tell you right now, as a gambling man, I'd put the house on that you will enjoy it more than OK Computer. <laughs> that, that, um, you know? I'll bet the house on that one. <laughs> bet the house, bet the house. I, I think you, I, I think you'll be keeping it. I, but you never know, maybe I will be moving in after next week yeah ladies and gentlemen i might be homeless next week so tune in and find out (laughs) tune in and find out indeedy and uh yeah in the meantime just be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening whether it be apple podcast spotify amazon we're on all of them and i will also i have the links to our social media in our bio and if you also want to do listener support for us that would be great and until then just try not to get too deep in the Siamese dream that you can't listen to us next week (laughs) peace